0: Hey guys, if you want updates on our latest episodes, then be sure to subscribe to the Film Colossus podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Also, if you'd like to support the show and hear episodes ad-free, then subscribe to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash filmcolossus.
1: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
0: My name's Chris Lambert. And my name is Travis Bean. And on today's episode, we enjoy a double feature from the great horror auteur, Ty West. Pearl, and X. We debate the effectiveness of Pearl's warped character study in the first film, and explore the depths of the latter's sociological observations. All in all, it's a bloody good time. Have I ever told you about
1: the time that I saved a kid from an alligator? Is this a real story? This
0: is a real story. This is not, like, me pulling your leg. Okay. Um, You have a not told me about it and b i would love to hear about it because this sounds like a wonderful intro to this episode
1: (laughs) all right so i was seven years old and i was driving with my parents
0: (laughs) down i was seven i down i gotta i gotta stop you right now i'm just gonna put this in front of the story i feel like there's no way you save somebody from an alligator at a seven years old (laughs) you're hyper uh you're exaggerating a little bit but keep going
1: i i guarantee you (laughs) Uh, but you also sound exactly like my classmates back in the first grade (laughs) when i told them that i saved a kid from an alligator yeah uh so we're driving down to disney world which at the time i kept telling people disneyland because i had a speech impediment as a kid where i couldn't say my my r's right
0: so if i tried to say world i would say wild i understand that because i have a lisp and s's are tough for me
1: yeah. So you just have you kinda like, Can I just say Disneyland? and people would be like, You went to
0: California and then I'd have to say Florida and that was a whole And I would say Disneyland and they were like that's not a place. Ah uh, uh,
1: the struggles of youth. Mm. So we are going down there, but along the way we decided to stop at
0: Gatorland. <laughs> Wait, is this where is this? In Florida? This is in, Florida. in Florida. Where else where else would I Gatorland? Don't know. That was a really be? stupid question. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, uh, Gatorland. So I wanted to see some alligators. I wanted to see some snakes. <sighs> are you Gatorland, a Gatorland? Promise both. Yeah. Yeah, you're I, Jurassic I them, Park. You know. Yeah, I find them fascinating. Okay. Uh, terrified, but also fascinating.
0: Do you know the the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? Just you know, a little little bit of education for our listeners before we get into this. Is it at the snouts? Something to do, yeah. With like their one one of their heads are bigger or some shit. Yeah, I think it's crocodile or
1: maybe. Alligator has the wider head and crocodile Mm. has a more narrow head. Yeah, there you go. See, we know all about it. (laughs) But we get to this park and it's a swamp or like a lake, a body of water Mm. that has wooden bridges built on top of it. So you're on this wooden walkway over water (laughs) and you can look down over the railing at any point and you're just looking down at water that's filled with alligators. Yeah. And so they have some exhibit. There was a pit in the far back that had a bunch of snakes in it. You have to
0: sign a waiver or something before you go out in these bridges. You
1: might. Okay. I imagine you might. So we saw a demonstration where this uh, one of the people that worked there, of course, held a chicken on a pole, not a uh, live chicken. I you are going to say you know, a goose like, or a duck. No, I mean maybe you know, seven year old me. I assume chicken, but. Uh, like uncooked chicken just on a pole over the water and he would lower it and you'd see the gators kind of circle up mm-hmm. and then he would dip into the water and rise it up real fast and the gators would jump up after this chicken. So it was very dramatic. Did they get the chicken? Cool. Eventually he would lower it and let them get it and throw in some more food for the ones <laughs> that couldn't get to the chicken. But this was a thing to where they actively got these alligators to pay attention to what was hanging over the railing right mm-hmm. whether it's chicken or people you, i think you could buy things to throw to the gators um like little fish or something uh but we were waiting in line to get on the trolley that went around the entire park mm-hmm. so you could just do like a nice tour and see all the gators and see different things right and we're waiting in this line and we're a few people from the the front. And it's me and my dad standing there. My mom was doing something. And there's two women behind us who are deep in conversation, moms, and one little kid who's standing <laughs> behind the woman. I'm seven. this kid had to be like four or five, like definitely younger than me. Right. And he's wearing... <laughs> Overalls like Oshkosh Bagosh overall. <laughs> yeah, Miagoff style. Yeah, of course. Very, very, very pearl-like, and so, or not even pearl.
0: No pearl, pearl wears overalls. overalls. Doesn't she when she's okay. going out to the? That's when she stabs the duck, I believe.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Pearl and Maxine. You yeah, know? I feel both like of them in their overalls.
0: Th- you know, that's a thread that goes between the movies, but we can get into that later. Absolutely. So this this
1: kid, how the f- how the railing was. You had the wooden slats, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the upper part, it was a flat piece of wood. So you could comfortably like rest an elbow on it or something. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was wide, like the width of your hand kind of thing. So you could put a drink on it and you could sure. you know, lean on it. But it also had a cross plank on the bottom at the base to where the vertical planks kind of went into. So this kid stood up on the lowest plank, uh, on the the horizontal one at the bottom, yeah. and got a pretty good like step up, and then he used his elbows to lift himself to where his waist was now at the top of the railing, because he wanted to look over and see if he could see the alligator. You've told this story
0: so many times. Can you just tell from how I'm <laughs> it's telling so detailed? It? Well, I don't remember <laughs> anything from when I was seven years old, and you know, like minute details. Yeah, this is just
1: burned into my mind because I was just I looking so. at him. Yeah. I was watching him do this and I kind of tap my dad on the shoulder and I point to the kid because the kid's now completely on his stomach on the top of the railing, <laughs> looking over the railing. <laughs> and like an alligators slowly coming towards him. That's exactly what happened. Really? I st- I stood up on the bottom rail so I could see what he was looking at and you see like four alligators kind of swim over and just kind of circle up where he would land. <laughs> and he starts reaching for the alligators. Oof, and the parents weren't
0: watching him. They're not watching. They're just talking. I've never seen anything like that. That's crazy.
1: <laughs> You've never seen parents, parents not just watching just their be kids. distracted.
0: Crazy. I see it constantly, so, by the way, because now I have a kid and I, all I am is surrounded by people not watching their kids. You're hyper aware of it? I'm at least watching.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so his legs just go... Cool. From horizontal to like 11 o'clock, huh. and he starts to kind of like tilt too far. So I reached over and grabbed the back of his overalls and kind wow. of like held him or like balanced him back. And as I was still holding on to his overalls, I said, Hey, lady, <laughs> and wow. the woman looked yelled. And grabbed her kid and ran off. Yeah. And me being the arrogant only child that I was, I yelled, You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that was how I saved a kid from alligators. That's uh, okay. So you weren't exaggerating. I don't think so. I had multiple
0: people tell me that never happened. We have people who can corroborate this story. No, because <laughs> I I might do a, a story. I might write an article on this, and I'm going to need some sources.
1: They uh, unless that kid happens to be listening to this podcast
0: right oh, now. Oh man, if you could find that kid. Well,
1: if my dad was still around, I could ask him.
0: Oh man, if you ever, I mean, do you think you'd recognize this person if you ever saw him? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Are you sure? There might be like an electric connection might suddenly form between you and be like, oh my god, you're him. Right. It's kind of a. Uh,
1: Kind of like Chungking Express where you just like have, happen to bump shoulders with somebody. Not even Chungking, uh Unbreakable. Yeah, right. You bump shoulders and it flashes to like some part of that person's life.
0: If you ever meet this guy you have to watch. You need to do a double feature and watch Pearl and X together. I know. I should try posting to Reddit. It's just like long
1: shot but <sighs> any anybody ever be. Was anybody ever saved should. from falling into an alligator? Uh
0: alligator uh group yeah at gatorland oh man those alligators were salivating they were like guys like this never happens like please let this kid fall in <laughs> i did tell that story on reddit one time and the only response i got
1: was and then everybody clapped right <laughs> <laughs> slow clap i was like uh it does sound like one of those stories it does
0: mm, okay anyway expert alligators yeah pearl. pearl and pearl x, x. i guess chronological order is x pearl but for going narrative order it'd be pearl x yeah which uh you watched x first right yeah did you watch pearl first i watched pearl first oh wow um interesting yeah i watched x when it came out because i'm a huge ty west fan always have been house of the devil and the innkeepers are classics classic horror movies um i especially love the I i have. I have more of a history with house of the devil. I have a group of friends who really love that movie. And I just think it's just like kind of a perfect movie. And for what it is, it's a really like dialogueless movie. It's just about this babysitter in a house and you're just watching her kind of roam around the house and she has no idea what's going on in there. And you as a viewer don't even know, like you have no idea what's going on in there until the very end. It's just like, it's really masterfully done in how it's and how it moves and flows and, and, teases like what the horror is um but then I watched the innkeepers recently and that one that one really stuck out to me like that to me has aged perfectly and is such a great intimate character study of somebody who like is looking to live their life but like is too scared to like step out of their comfort zone and is stuck in this hotel that's aging it's going to close down and there are these ghosts there and this ghost she shares this connection with this ghost and she wants to learn about this ghost and and hopefully like if she can like speak to these ghosts like she can like connect to something deeper and this ghost can help her like work through. it's just like everything about it's so perfectly done um like those to me are just such classic that i'm i'm just a bona fide ty west fan and i'm always up for anything he makes like when x came out it was his return to horror movies and i was like i'm in (laughs) yeah i uh
1: i don't have a large ty west background I first heard of him because you were such a fan. yeah. and in two thousand and thirteen, we were at the Toronto Film Festival, mm-hmm. and we actually got to go to I think it was a a a little event that Canon did that was supposed to be for more industry people. and we attended because it was Ty West and who's the bear Jew again? <laughs> uh, Eli Roth. Yeah, Eli Roth. You could say that giving a talk. Jewish. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and it is his name in the movie. Yeah, uh, but he. It was them. It was them two talking, and we we're just like, oh, awesome. Travis gets to go listen to Ty West talk about filmmaking. I was,
0: I was very excited.
1: Yeah, I don't remember a lot of the details. I remember it being interesting, <laughs> and
0: both of them, like we had good seats. Did you get to ask Ty West a question? Yeah, you, you, a forced me to talk to Ty West at one point. Which, yeah. and I don't know, I never know what to say in those situations. I'm always just like, you're awesome. Like, good job. <laughs> um, but I do remember the the little Q&A. Like, Ty West is a very, like, calm, relaxing, and, like, gives, like, a concise answer, you know? Like, he, he's a film nerd and just kind of, like, talks about, like, loving movies. And, like, Eli, Eli Roth jumps in and, like, jazzes it up. And he's like, oh, yeah, Ty West isn't telling you, like, this, this, and that. Like, you wouldn't have believed how crazy it was, you know? He, it was just a great dynamic.
1: Yeah, Eli's uh big guy energy was definitely Yeah. yeah, The charisma was just it made for a good rapport between them. Yeah, and at that Uh,
0: festival I would say Eli Ross movie was better than Ty West, and I say that as a huge Ty West fan. Yeah, Green Inferno versus The Sacrament. Yeah. Which the Sacrament, you know, it's it has its moments, but it's it's maybe the only Ty West movie I can think of that is kind of a miss. I mean, that was my first Thai West movie. Yeah. And I was fascinated
1: cause I like found footage films. Mm-hmm. So I was excited by some of the things that it was doing. My problem with the sacrament was the same problem that I had with Pearl, which was the second Thai West movie that I ever watched <laughs> was that from the very beginning because of the genre. And we've talked about this before and having some different uh, feelings on this because of the genre I felt like I knew everything that was going to happen in the sacrament. You, yeah. Right. You learn about a cult and then you go there and it seems normal at first and then it gets weirder and then it goes bad with the cult, either trying to kill the people or kill themselves. It's just every cult movie does the same exact thing, um, which is pretty annoying. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, and then Pearl, I felt kind of fast forwarding into that now. I, sure. uh, was very similar in the sense that immediately from the first scene where you have the tension between the mother and the daughter and you realize that pearls in this restrictive home and mm-hmm. wants to break out that it's essentially just going to be a plot where she murders her parents and like is free right. or turns violence and breaks out. So I was hoping it was going to do more than that. And then it just did all the beats that i kind of expected i mean you don't expect sure. her to like dry hump a scarecrow <laughs> that's unexpected but everything <laughs> else is just like every character you meet is probably going to die and it's just it yeah. was very i felt like i was on a linear roller coaster and nothing
0: too exciting was happening yeah it was just i going along for the ride we've definitely had these discussions before and it, i i do think genre is um, the root, the connection between a lot of these. Like, I remember you saying once, like, you had trouble with westerns because they all are so similar and follow the same beats. And I completely understand that. Like, when it comes to. It, I, I just think genre is a specific type of movie and inspires a specific type of fan where, like, you kind of have to be okay with that. You have to be. You have to be accepting of the tropes, and I think a movie that falls too many tropes in a kind of boring way, it is a bad thing. Like that's how yeah. I felt about Five Nights at Freddy's. At Freddy, uh, oh, was it Freddy's? Five Nights Freddy's. at Freddy's. Yeah. Like yeah. to me, like it just did all these things that I'm like, I've seen this before, I've seen this before, and it was less to do with like the structure of the movie and like the beats, but more of like how those beats were handled, like. Oh, of course, his daughter or his sister is like this ailing kid, and it, it you're supposed it like is supposed to be like bringing in the sympathy factor, and you're supposed to look at her in a certain way. Like when stuff like that happens, and characters are reduced to like archetypes and don't feel full bodied, like I have problems with that. And when the story beats aren't taking typical themes we see into new territory, like yeah, that's all like. To me, that's where genre can get really bogged down to become like the most boring kind of movie to watch. Um, but I, I, and I agree with you about the sacrament in the sense that I don't mind that if it's a found footage movie that feels familiar structurally, um, I, I'm more concerned, like, where does it go with the formula? And I, I do think Taiwes did some cool stuff as far as the meta factor in the sacrament, um, but also when it comes to found footage films, like that is a common, pretty common thing to do, like play with the meta elements, and like what you're watching, and you know, what part, what movie you're a part of, and place of perspective, like that's all pretty typical. And in that sense, I didn't feel like the sacrament really differentiated itself enough, and it did feel familiar in a kind of boring way. Um, mm-hmm. I don't feel that way about. Pearl though. I, I just watched Pearl for the first time for for whatever reason I, I hadn't seen it yet. I think um <laughs> the mystique of Ty West, like I was just so drawn to X because it was like, oh Ty West's first horror movie in years since the Sacrament, which was like kind of disappointing. Like I was so excited for it that like the allure of Pearl of Pearl like kind of wore quickly. I was like, eh, like two at once? Like Like, can I just get one every couple years? Like, I don't know. There was just something about it. Like, I wasn't as attracted to it like I was X. So, watching it now for the first time, I was pretty surprised by how much I enjoyed it. (laughs) I kind of expected to not like it nearly as much. And I do think X is a better movie, although I think X is fucking awesome and like better than most movies anyway. Um, Yeah. But Pearl, it is a genre affair in the sense that it's like, um it's kind of cheeky in its meta-ness you know playing with like the old-timey movie formula like the wizard of odd kind of thing fantasy versus reality blah 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 um and it followed a lot of genre beats and yeah you're right like every person you meet like of course like they're gonna die they're gonna die blah 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 like it, it kind of goes through all those familiar things but i i think it has enough moments that make it stand out. And we'll get into all that, but I think it just has enough moments to make it stand out. And it, it, to me, it transcends the genre formula. Oh, what are some of those moments? I would think, well, I will say immediately when the movie started, I was a little wary because like it was, it was doing the whole thing of like pearls in a movie. Like she thinks she's in a movie. And to me, it felt a little bit like a novelty act kind of like it was just mm-hmm. cheeky for cheeky sake. And, like, the whole thing was just going to be a joke. and of like, ha she thinks she's in a movie the whole time. But it was the movie's ability to constantly break out of that and to have, like, reality um, consume her and kind of imprison her and really put these walls around her. The ways in which Ty West did that, to me, like... Again, like, I-, I think I'm just not into a movie that has this sort of novelty formula as much. So, like, I don't think I like it as much as X, but the moments where you see her really struggling with reality, like to me are the winning moments of this movie. I think especially the scene where Pearl is pretending that her sister-in-law is Howard and going through like everything she feels and her inability to like deal with the world she's in and the life she wasn't allowed to lead. Um, I just think there are so many moments like that, that feel powerful and real and visceral enough that like, Oh, it isn't, this movie isn't just like, purely a novelty act like anytime she's escaping into this fantasy world it's meant to highlight just how dark and grim her real world is so I, I just thought the tension between those two elements and how different the fantasy and real worlds were um to an almost comical degree <laughs> like anytime she was <laughs> in a fantasy world like it was completely ridiculous I don't think movies do that kind of thing enough and I really appreciated um the energy that was giving off. I get that. There is like a, the
1: aesthetic, the style, that tonal, like the purposeful tonal clash. Yeah. It does give it like a refreshing energy about it, Mm -hmm. which is cool and unique. um, And comical in a lot of ways, despite how serious. (laughs) Yeah the movie is there is something so over the top about it that you almost want to laugh more than especially in relation to x um as even though x is funny it's just like pearl is just so much more yeah over the top i i think my complaint is just on the some of the scene by scene level Mm -hmm. it was more of just like, is that the most interesting thing? Is that the most interesting thing? Is that like a little more of what's expected? Where X, I felt like was constantly just doing all the things that make mm-hmm. me go, like, hell yes, fuck yeah. Like, this is fantastic. I now sound like <laughs> 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 uh, Kid Cudi in the movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, uh, but it was, it felt so much more inventive to me and playful. And I can't tell if, that's just because the way in which Pearl is being inventive and playful didn't land for me. Or if Pearl was more simple.
0: I know what you mean. It is a little, and I think that was my big hiccup for a while. Again, like I appreciated it more as like a genre affair and it kind of existing in what it is and being playful of the formula. But it's a little simple in the sense that, just compared to X. Like if it wasn't paired with X, I I don't know how I would feel about this movie. Actually. I feel like they're very good companion pieces. Um, I feel like a lot of what's interesting about Pearl is just because X exists, which maybe is a detriment to Pearl because on its own, it is just kind of about, it's not just about one thing, but it's about one thing in the sense that it's a character study more than what X is, which X is more of like a, sociological commentary, you know? Like it's it really blows up and has different characters that represent different facets of America. And there's like this gap between generations and the direction America is heading. Like it, it just opens itself up a little bit more, which can be a bad thing and a lot of movies fumble, but like an X it works perfectly. Pearls, like it's it's satisfied for being with what it is, and again, I I don't think that's a bad thing. Like I think it's a very good character study, and that's what makes this movie cool. It's a great setup for X in the sense of like you just learn who this crazy woman is, um, but it doesn't feel as expansive, and it just it just flat out doesn't feel like it's sane as much, I guess, like in a broader sense. Yeah,
1: that's what kind of struck me. It was flat, and I mm-hmm. think of that's what surprised me so much about X was how how many dimensions it had and how full it felt how alive it felt and even going back to pearl for this having like watched x again so now it's like yeah two and two um i still didn't i mean there's something to the idea that you get introduced to like the ride like the first like pornographic film being this like under mm-hmm. unknown thing that's just shown behind the scenes that people like whisper about and have some access to, and uh, kind of some of the ways of the world at that point. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel as thematically empowered. It feels more so just a byproduct of the setting, which I don't know if it's developed enough to have that same power that you get just from the commentary on TV in X and some people might like that better. They feel like it's a little less like beating you over the head with it. Right. But it just felt a little strange. I think the strangest thing to me about X or Pearl and the thing that frustrates me the most is Howard's return and really like, I love the last shot of her face and how much she's Amazing. trying, <laughs> but blink? I also does it not at all, <laughs> but I hate the fact that, that Howard's character in Return is given such uh, little time I knew for that would process. Get you. Yeah, yeah. Especially, it's one thing if it's just like the end of a, a standalone movie, but knowing that he sticks around in X, like we're told that he thought she was perfect, amazing. But would he really? <laughs> it. What went on? Who is he that he walks into that room? has that initial reaction and decides to stay and that it's good and fine. And not only that, he's going to eventually some years down the road, like dive into it with her. It just, it felt like a major piece of the story is lacking. And I really wish the character, like if you would have had, what was the entire movie be the first half of the movie and dive into a bit more of Howard's return and you get like 20 to 30 minutes of them kind of like going through the fallout
0: of everything <laughs> she did. I would like that a lot. Yeah. Right. It. Yeah. Chris, I, while I was watching this movie, I, I feel like that was part of my experience of watching Pearl is like, I'm noting all the things I know Chris won't like. <laughs> <laughs> and like that to me was definitely a thing of like, cause you know, as you go on in the movie, like I keep thinking like, well, Howard's going to show up, Howard's going to show up. Like, He's part of X. He's going to have a story in this. And you realize at the end, he's not really going to have one. He's just, he just shows up and he's there. Um, And I was thinking like, Chris is not going to like that. He he needs some (laughs) He needs these two to have some time together. He needs some setup. I personally, I don't think that matters. I'm not going to go as far to say it doesn't matter at all. In the sense that like, if they did it and did it well, like that'd be great. And I think it, it could enrich X, but I don't think it's necessary especially for what Pearl is doing specifically. Um, Cause when I think about X and what it's about, I mean, it is about a, it, it, it's a lot about thematic. It's about a lot thematically um, and sociologically, you know, like it, it's covering a lot of ground about America and generations and like, and Howard and Pearl are a big part of that. But when it comes down to it, I think what makes X work is its central character of Maxine and the connection she has with Pearl And I feel like that's the purpose Pearl serves more is setting up the connection they share and what their connection says about all of the themes in X and what ultimately this trilogy will end up being about. Um, Adding a story in there for Howard, like, again, could enrich all that, but not necessary in the sense that, like, I don't think it detracts from what the movie's doing. IMO.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely don't think a story for Howard's needed, especially as you're noting that Pearl is Pearl being a foil for Maxine is one of the key reasons to do the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the only reason to do the yeah. movie, really. <laughs> um, but it's more of, I guess, we've seen so much of what Pearl wanted and needed at that point and thought she wanted and needed without howard there Mm -hmm. now that he's back i'd be more curious to see what the process of settling down is like for her and why she's giving up a lot of that for howard and his response to that doesn't need to essentially be like a storyline but i'm curious about how he how any normal person (laughs) uh rationalizes that (laughs) And so just having like a little bit more to it, I think would have gone a long way. And I didn't even know he was a character in X when I saw the movie for the first time. So it was more of something where it just, if my big Uh, problem with a lot of movies is the third act feeling like it ends when it's just starting and needing, or should having just a little bit more to it to really like round things out um and that doesn't mean being obvious with everything or you know putting an exclamation point point on all the themes and story points you can have open-endedness still but i think there was just a little bit more work for the film to do and then when i saw x i especially felt that way but interesting um uh, should we talk a little bit more about x then yeah I'll, I'll, i mean i could have done a whole episode on x yeah, X is staggeringly good. and Yeah, it's great. That's the thing that jumps out to me because it's very genre-laden, but mm-hmm. there's so much that's going on thematically, sociologically, meta-commentary. I know it's cliche at this point to have meta-aspects be about filmmaking, mm-hmm. but this is just such a cool way of going about it and the idea of the elevation of a genre and the techniques that take something from just a genre thing or just a smut film into something that's a little more artistic and how the movie both seems to be practicing that while also maybe like doing the fake like jerk off hand gesture to that guy. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I, it kind of has its cake and eats it too in terms of like being critical, but also embracing that very thing. And that moment when Pearl's killing him and the blood splatters on the light and they had just talked about psycho and it being a movie that has like the change in genre halfway through Mm -hmm. and having that light turn red and be cast on Pearl as she's killing him. And then she does the dance and it does its full transition to this like Artsy horror movie, yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah, that's
0: that's why I love movies. I think, I think what makes X work, and again, I I really like Pearl, but kind of makes me realize what Pearl isn't doing. Um, because Pearl certainly has the meta aspects. You know, it's I mean, it's glaringly obvious that it does. It's not trying to hide it in the way that I think X kind of is. X isn't necessarily hiding it, but it's much more part of the DNA of the movie as opposed to or pearl it's like <laughs> isn't this a big joke you know um where X I, that's what I love about it is it feels very loving and it's owed to filmmaking and the power of filmmaking um you know the movie's very boogie nights esque and like these these a bunch of people get together and are like porn can be art like let's make art um and just there from the go, it's kind of this loving nod to old pornographic movies and pink films that um, even back then and still to this day get a bad rap. People look down on, don't consider it true art. When really, those kinds of movies and I do have a few of them. Actually, have some of them on 4K, um, which is pretty dope to see. <laughs> um, like it's, I mean, the, they're the most artistic of any movie. Like, they're really going for it and, like, really pronouncing, like, the artistic intentions and, like, what the sex means in relation to the characters and, like, what all of this is saying. Like, it's such, um, it, it's so almost aggravatingly, like, open in that way that um, it, there's something very loving about it and um, endearing about it. To see these people just like really going for it and i think x really captures that like these people what they're doing why they're there what they're making together like they're creating something bigger like yeah for the producer it is about making money but like for the director for the people making the movie it's about something more like capturing something real and visceral um so you have these people within the movie making that movie and then you have a movie evaluating those people making the movie and people judging them for making that movie And it it just kind of all coalesces in a way, especially if the way that the movie's shot like it, the the best part, not the best part, but an awesome part of this movie is it starts with the shot of the house from inside the barn. And it has and because the the barn kind of has the outsides of the frame and shadow, it it looks like you're looking at a 137 ratio aspect ratio, which is like an old way movies are shot. And then as it zooms in you get a very modern 190 aspect ratio and you see this suddenly you you realize like oh you're watching you've gone from like this typical movie format to the way the human eye sees the field of vision like a 190 and it very right from the very beginning it's Mixing those energies, it's it's announcing its metaness. While then you step into this world where like people are making movies and trying to make their movies say something while you're watching a movie <laughs> talk about those things and is also saying something, it just has so many layers from the very beginning that Pearl it it feels more ham fisted, I guess, in Pearl. Like it really, like Pearl, like screams it at you. Whereas <laughs> X, you like kind of slowly realize what it's doing. You know. Yeah,
1: there is like a a cool, I don't know, I like build up to that and of that as it's slowly introduced through the the formal aspects. Like you're saying, I mean, it's not even it's right away introduced through the formal yeah. aspects, but it's. Slowly confirmed through the dialogue and everything else that's happening, and you start to see it kind of ramping up till it becomes more of a major part of everything. Especially as you find out more about uh, Maxine herself and wanting to be a star, and that kind of that commentary on okay, this is this is larger, not just about filmmaking, but the influence as well of film on people, mm-hmm. uh, especially yeah. as we're seeing with the. TVs all over that place playing all of uh, Maxine's dad's like preacher stuff. Yeah, right. And how intense a lot of that is and the effect that it's having seemingly on the the people around and the public in general Um, and getting them to agree with him while also you could imagine being the reason why Maxine left in the first place is that she... Grew up in such a harsh environment that's similar in ways to which Pearl grew up, but a very different um, version of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one thing I really noticed. Pearl really made me think about because obviously it's a part of of X because you realize at the end of the movie that the the preacher, the crazy preacher on TV, is just Maxine's dad, and Maxine's dad is worried about Maxine and this world she's entered into. Um, the movies have a very interesting look at. And I'm saying this as an as a new parent at how parents parent their children and the kind of effect it can have on them, Um, especially in Pearl. It was one of the to me, the most just fascinating aspects of the movie is Pearl is this way largely because of her parents and what they didn't allow her to become. Um, My wife's been reading this book she's been relaying to me like stuff she learns from it as she reads it but it's there's this whole section it's a book about raising kids and there's this whole section on punishment and how it it uses like society as an example and how society has never once it seems like in the history of mankind we've never learned this lesson handled punishment correctly you know you see it in america like the whole prison system it's really set up like if you do something bad bad boy, go here, like, go sit in here for a while and think about what you did, which when you, ostensibly, you think about what punishment is and, like, the value of it, you would think, like, you're trying to cure somebody. You're trying to, um, Rehabilitate. you're trying to, yeah, basically, like, the, the best way to handle it in the end, as we found out just through research and study and how these saints work is, like, you don't just tell people they're bad. You don't restrict. You don't demean you highlight the good things. You say, like, you did this, but, like, you should have done this. Like, you're you're such a kind, loving person when you do this, this, and this. Like, why did you do this? Like, it, there's a better way to handle coaxing someone in the proper direction. Um, and it, that's a big part of it is kind of, like, embracing things about somebody and the way they are and, like, what they want to do. And if you take that away from somebody, like, you're not curing anything. <laughs> you know, you're not setting them in a better direction. You're just, like you're just containing them. Um, and that's all that's happening to Pearl here is like, she's not allowing to, she's not being allowed to even like attempt to reach her dreams. And the more and more she's imprisoned, the more she becomes trapped in this fantasy world and yearns for something that isn't real. Like that's what drives her crazy. I just think it's such a, a cool way of looking at like proper parenting, you know, <laughs> it does play
1: like a major role. This influence of parents on children, and then, how that then resonates out through I mean, in Pearl's case, it resonates through just her small little network. But in Maxine's case, we're seeing it resonate out through on a much more cultural level as yes. the things her dad preaching are the kind of things that a lot of people were talking about, especially in response it's the the sixties you know it's seventies in X, yeah. They're in the seventies. Yes, yeah, seventy nine. We're like coming out of a lot of the like the hippie era at that mm-hmm. point. And you've had this like free love movement, you're having a lot of uh, culture shifts that are going on. And that restriction that was present throughout society is now being met with this new generation saying like, Hey, we don't want these restrictions. Yeah. And Maxine's kind of embodying the entire group's embodying that movement. And that's what makes X so fascinating to me. Right. Because you have Howard and Pearl who I mean they don't necessarily like the sexual aspects of it. Um, but they do, right? They have this fire in them that's been stamped out due to their age, but also due to, you can imagine, some societal aspects that have influenced them when really they still want to feel alive and young and capture these aspects of themselves that they no longer have access to or that they felt denied in their lifetime. And seeing these young people come through, be sexual, be in their prime, is such a triggering thing for them. Mm -hmm. that they end up rediscovering their own passion and their own youthfulness by murdering them. Yeah, right. Which ends up leading to them actually having sex for the first time in a long time and feeling this passion and connection. And it's such an interesting commentary on age and on restriction and seeing some of the idea that they were kids that were rebelling in some ways against society and ended up stamping that out. And now they're rediscovering it through the youth movement that's doing this, even though they're the ones that are also like squashing this youth movement. There's a lot of really fascinating psychological and philosophical takeaways from that, that I don't think are all intentional, but if you just start looking at it from more of a, an analytical way of seeing some of the not just the irony in the behavior of Howard and Pearl but the hypocrisy mm-hmm. in Howard and Pearl and some of that like don't do what I do do what I say aspect yeah. of who they are and you can extrapolate that from the very like real things it's not in the movie of course it's murder and that's bad but The thematic stuff of what that actually represents and the way in which older generations try to shut down younger generations when the older generation just wants the thing that the younger generation has is, uh, I think, something we've all experienced (laughs) at a point in time in our lives. And then something that we all kind of become at a point in our lives. I just turned 37 I know there's some things I look at in the the generation below us, right? I remember mm. being a millennial in college and hearing all the Gen Xers and whatever was before Gen X uh, be like, "Oh, these millennials, millennials this, millennials that." And now I'm the millennial being like, "These Zoomers, <laughs> Zoomer yeah. this, Zoomer Zoomer that." I don't like some of the things that Zoomers are doing, and I'm sure I felt the same way about like Gen X. Uh, when I was a millennial being like, ah, these people complaining, like, you don't know what I know. (laughs) So there's a very like holistic cyclical dynamic that's going on with the characters in this movie. That's so good, especially as it feels like who the main character is between Maxine and between Pearl kind of flip-flops at times. Like, is this a movie about Pearl? and Howard recapturing their passion through these visitors that come to their farm, or is it a movie about Maxine's like youth and empowerment and breaking away from these people that would
0: otherwise like do to her what society did to them? It's, it's all of the above. Yeah. That's what makes X so good. Yeah, I, I agree. That was something I, that I think Pearl adds to X and kind of strengthens is how, Pearl and Howard and X are acting similar to the way Pearl's mother acts and Pearl. And you're right. It's, it's this sort of generational tug and pull that constantly seems to happen. And I mean, I've, I've definitely seen it, you know, I interact with a lot of older people, um, both when I like go with my daughter to stuff and like, you know, there are grandparents there with their kids or just, you know, the relatives in my life. Like, I see it all the time. There is this, there is this frustration sort of, that seems to always come out about like what we have now and like what they didn't have, Um, the way you're supposed to act and the way you shouldn't have act. Um, There's just something that always seems to happen generationally where there's a bit of a grudge on people's shoulders. And a lot of that has to do with like someone's inability to be in touch with themselves and fit themselves into this bigger societal puzzle and realize like what makes them happy as opposed to like what other people have and um, not looking at it as like a contest, but more of like how you fit into something and being okay with change, being okay with things moving forward, being okay with like the world opening up and someone being able to move off the farm and go pursue a dance career, even if that's ridiculous and there's no way they'll ever make it. Like it's a good thing to try that um and you can't really get there unless you become more open and become more connected and are kinder to yourself and are able to realize someone's ambition like it, i just i re- i could see all of the those wheels turning in pearl and like kind of fueling a lot of what's happening in x like all these things you're saying about howard and pearl's characters as people who are now so old that they can barely do anything like what are they going through psychologically like what is pushing them to the brink of like where they are now and they're killing these kids um i do think pearl like adds that layer to the movies and opens it up a little bit
1: yeah there's definitely uh it brings some more of the full circle-ness to it of pearl has become in some ways her mom and maxine's uh killing a pearl is in some ways, especially if you view them as like spiritual successors or even it's weird to think of it in reincarnation when the one's still alive. Yeah. But there's something about Maxine getting to do what Pearl never got to do. Mm-hmm. And the killing of Pearl as representative of stepping over that hurdle that Pearl never could. Yeah. because Maxine and it also, actually left home. Yeah. Right. Like, she got away, she did it, and then she runs into this kind of, like, past version of herself. Yeah. Um, Or it could be, I mean, Pearl straight up says to her, right, like, you're gonna become me. Something Uh, like that, yeah. (laughs) Like, like, I am you. There's some, like, connection about what will happen to Maxine. Mm -hmm. Um, So, there's also something, too, about the fact that this is reaching a little bit more. I don't have this fully thought out, but it was just kind of thinking that what would have happened to Pearl if Howard hadn't come home? Would she have stayed on the farm? Would she out of necessity had to have left the farm and gone elsewhere? Where for Maxine at the end, Wayne who seemed to be was her partner, like uh, they were engaged taking care of her is now gone is there a world in which maxine would have settled with wayne the same way that pearl settled with howard and in some ways like pearl and howard getting rid of wayne plays in thematically to like maxine's freedom right and going out into the world now on her own uh you know, with a loss of innocence, having had this farm experience, it's weird to think of a porn star as having like a loss of innocence story, but yeah, but there is something kind of like they were on the small time doing this thing and all this shit happens and it's going to make it to where Maxine just, I'm sure has like no fucks to give anymore. (laughs) Right. And comes out the other side, very emboldened, very empowered. And
0: we'll see what happens in the next movie. Pearl did make me think like it's the closest Ty West has come to because all of his movies are very contained, but Pearl, like Pearl kills as a youth and she lives many more years. I think we have a franchise at our hands. (laughs) She can kill lots of people between Pearl and X.
1: Yeah, they can go back and do some little Pearl spinoffs, right?
0: For sure. I would love that, by the way. I just think Mia Goth is she's electric. Like uh, again, that scene where she's just uh, confessing everything she did and how she feels to her sister-in-law, like it's it's an incredible piece of acting. To, to pull something like that off, to go through all of the different rhythms and energy changes that she does, it's crazy. Yeah, she's a special a special talent. And she was, I think, was X her first movie. I don't know if it was her first movie, but she was pretty unknown before that. Mia Goth. Yeah. Uh Nymphomaniac was her first movie. Yeah, you're right. She's in that, but she doesn't have a big part in that movie. No, she had like a little bit oh, in She did for several wellness. movies. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, Suspiria, High Life. Oh, that's right. I see. I never I never saw Suspiria, so I probably would have known her from that.
1: Yeah, I mean she's not. You're right. She's, she's done not, quite a bit. I shouldn't have she's... said that. That's that's <laughs> offensive. I, I said an
0: offensive thing.
1: Yeah. How how dare you? I mean, she's, uh, I know that there was like a big deal when her and Shia LaBeouf first started dating. Um, I believe they're married now. Oh, really? Yeah. They were together 2012 to 2018, broke up for a little bit and got back together in 2020. I did not know that. Yeah. So she's been, she's been busy. Um, But I do think, I mean, some of the things she had done, it's really like 2022, 2023 with X pearl and infinity pool that i think a larger audience has started to pay attention to just how special she is because those three roles were so <laughs> uh, demanded so much range and were so uh exhibitive i mean nymphomaniac i don't i've never seen nymphomaniac i imagine her role in that is also exhibitive yeah um but there's so much in terms of confidence and sensuality and openness and like, nakedness emotionally and physically in X, Pearl and infinity pool that it's definitely elevated her name and reputation and recognition as a movie
0: star beyond some of the, the smaller roles or side roles she's had up to this yeah. point. I, I'm reading through Nymphomaniac. I remember who she is now. I love that movie. So um, I feel bad for not remembering her. It's a long movie, um, though. You know, there's a lot to remember.
1: Yeah, I, Maxine. I like what's cool uh, about this setup. I said Maxine, but I want to talk <laughs> about Pearl. Is that because you have the time gu- jump? The time jump. I started to say gap and jump
0: and said gump at first. Oh, are you a are you a Bubba Gump fan? A Bubba Gump? What's that? <laughs> Bubba? You've ever been the Bubba Gumps, the the shrimp place that was? Oh.
1: Yeah. No. I, I hate Forrest <laughs> Gump. I don't like Forrest Gump. I uh have never liked it. I thought it was a cheesy movie.
0: <laughs> Forrest Gump. Well yeah, what do you, I've actually always I've I've went through a period of my life where I was like Forrest Gump sucks. But now I kinda want to watch it again and maybe as an old man I'd be like, it's alright.
1: <laughs> if it registered as anything more than all rights. <laughs> I'd be concerned. Maybe you'll love it now, though. You've gotten soft. Yeah, I really uh, <laughs> But the fact that you establish Pearl as Mia Goth, you know, at age 29, 28, whenever they filmed it, she's 30 now. And then uh, you have X, where it's not even Mia Goth playing uh, Pearl at that point,
0: right? Oh, yeah. Of course. Oh, it yeah. Is.
1: It's still Mia Goth playing Pearl. Tour de force. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, she's the best. I was looking at her face, and I was like, that's not Mia Goth, right? But makeup. <laughs> makeup artists. <laughs> hey, so, that's not Mia
0: Goth. That old woman isn't her.
1: You can, like, every few years just do an intermediary Pearl movie where Mia Goth gets older, and that fits because she's aging into they should Pearl from X. So you could do one every, like, 10
0: years. Absolutely, they should. That would be awesome. Ty West we'll talk about it on this show if anything we'll get Ty West to do it like we'll talk about it on the show <laughs> and so I'm excited for Maxine I feel like you know yeah. there are a trilogy of
1: films we're gonna have to see the third one to kind of bring it all together um, but I'm very excited for it and I was so impressed with Ty West's like patience his range everything that he did in this movie I think this is the best Kid Cudi role yeah, or character in a movie. Um there's just something too, especially when he's talking with Howard. Yeah. And love it. Embodying that confidence and soldier out in the darkness. I it was just very different from the kind of characters I feel like I typically see him play. Yeah. Th- and then Britney
0: Snow is stealing oh, every gosh. scene. She's amazing. Wow. I mean I I mean I knew her from movies and stuff, but I don't think I ever realized how awesome she is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You were going to say something about uh, Cuddy? I just, this movie X, that's the other thing about X. Like Pearl's great. I really enjoy it. But X just has so many scenes that are so fucking awesome. Like the scene where um, Kid Cuddy's character, I I don't know why I can't remember his name. Um, I can probably just pull it up here really quick. Uh, yeah, Jackson uh Jackson Hole. Fuck yeah, yeah, Jackson Hole. What a <laughs> kick ass porn name. Um <laughs> like him and Howard are like wandering through the swamp area, like great scene. Um the part where um Wayne is in the barn, you know, and gets killed like through the little eye hole. There are just so many scenes in the movie that are so well done. And even like little things like RJ like crying in the shower like these little character beats that you learn so much about each of these characters even though like not a lot of time is spent with them it's just uh it's a joy of a movie to watch like I, it's the kind of movie i could watch over and over where like pearl like i kind of watched it and i got it you know what i mean yeah yeah it's it's
1: that one dimensional it doesn't mean like aesthetically it wouldn't be pleasing or there's not moments that right. like the performances throughout pearl are Phenomenal, but there's just not the same narrative range that makes like just RJ and Lorraine's relationship so fascinating in the movie and him setting himself up for <laughs> for doom when he says to her, it's just a movie. Yeah. And then she says she wants to like be in the movie and he freaks out about it. That's such a great moment, too, because. It gets into that whole theme that we're talking about, about the power of film and the impact that these things have, to where, like, it's just a movie, except it's not, right? Like, the thing the preacher's saying on TV, it's not just a thing that a preacher's saying on TV. It has a real impact on people and has a real world influence on things, and that can get very personal in some ways. Yeah.
0: Um. Uh, you want to go over favorite movie moments in the movie because I have some picked out.
1: Uh yeah. Favorite in Pearl is definitely her face at the end of the long hold. On that is face pretty amazing.
0: Like not blinking. It, it's just like, I don't know. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, I I really liked that part
1: um a lot, and I like when movie dude comes to her house. Uh-huh. And they've been having Yeah, the projectionist. They have been having such a, a picturesque <laughs> uh, I mean, not really picturesque. There was still something kind of like in her mind it was, like, you know, the
0: the fish islands and everything.
1: Yeah, there's still something seedy about his behavior, but he's so like clean cut and put together that you kind of think that he's going to I don't know, there's just something that embodies everything about what she's looking for. Mm -hmm. And when he (laughs) arrives at her house and you have that picturesque farm and he sees the pig that's still (laughs) on the front porch. The pig was great. That was was really awesome. Yeah. Uh, And just his slow rising horror uh, was really good. But on X, it has to be... I think it's one of... I don't want to say it's like a top 10 shot for me, but I think it would be in contention for like a top 50 shot or a top 100 shot mm-hmm. for me in film when Maxine goes swimming in the lake yeah. and she's trying to swim back to the dock and you just have that flat overhead shots of her swimming and the alligator following her. Um, and the tension of that, And the cut then to the low shot of the dock and her coming forward to it. And you just see like the dock in the foreground, her in the mid ground and the alligator in the background coming closer. Such beautiful shots. And it's so intense, but the way it's shot is quiet and unsettling. And, you know, she'll probably get out of the water, but it's beautiful. And I love that overhead shot. It looks like a painting.
0: Yeah, it's Man. really cool. It, yeah. it and a shot that's enriched by Pearl, I would say, and Pearl's connection with the Gators.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think so. I, I like I agree that shot is very pretty. Um but to me it gains like meaning, like it gains character with Pearl sitting next to it. I feel like Pearl's use of the
1: alligator was a lot more anticlimactic so it definitely (laughs) adds to it but i don't it didn't do as much for me it could have done more like i was almost what pearl did with the alligator definitely adds but i was almost just disappointed in Hmm. how little the alligator got to do in pearl
0: i guess so but to me it it worked in as a characterizing kind of thing like her she wants to become this monstrous thing. Like she wants to exhibit this kind of power and she uses it for a while. And then she like crushes the egg and like kind of takes a step over the alligator and then has the confidence to start killing actual people. But that part is cool. Yeah. Um, I will say in Pearl, the, maybe my favorite moment was just like, I, I enjoyed Pearl again, more as a genre affair and as like a comedy. So like, the part I thought was the funniest and like made me giggle with, en- with excitement and enjoyment was when um, her sister-in-law is like trying to leave the house
1: <laughs> and
0: Pearl's like, by the way, like congratulations on getting the part. And the girl's like, I didn't get the part. She's like, you don't have to lie to me. I know you got the part. And she keeps like pushing her and pushing her. She's like, I didn't get the part. And She goes, don't lie to me and forces this girl to lie and say she got the part, which <laughs> then leads to her death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was a great like piece of comedy like as far as the timing and like what you know it's setting up it's so good. Yeah. No, that is that is pretty like funny
1: cuz right it's pushing this thing it's like driving her to this fate. Yeah. that she shouldn't get. <laughs> like Yeah, it's ridiculous. Pearl's just like essentially making her lie to justify murder and what a thing that is
0: fuck fuck those judges in the church too like we're looking for someone blonde like that's not put that in the the press release don't make someone who is you know auburn hair come there and try out if you're not going to pick them i know um, they were dicks yeah and i think my favorite moment in x still like it it the moment the first time i saw the movie it was the moment i was like oh like it kind of made me like fall in love with it was the whole um landside landslides oh yeah um with a kid cutty on the guitar fuck yeah and britney snow singing like what a combo those two should make an album together um but i just i've always loved that song and how um it's it's about like looking up at this landslide and thinking like it could crash down on you and like everything could end in that moment um it's all about kind of living your life and living in the moment and i think that's it, it kind of like helped co coalesce a little bit for me in a way like oh we have these people who are living in the moment like they're making their art now like they're doing something meaningful as opposed to like Pearl and Howard are kind of like trapped in something and never expanded themselves it's such an important part of the movie and I thought that scene which is so beautifully shot and beautifully sound like it's it's just so perfect in what it's doing
1: yeah I mean first you know Brittany Snow in Pitch Perfect yeah <laughs> was awesome yeah so her getting to sing again and then with cuddy yeah i i was at a concert in 2009 i believe it was 2010 when cuddy released man of the moon 2 (laughs) Yeah. and it was kent state i've told this
0: on our other podcast before yeah yeah. and but i've heard it outside of the podcast but go on
1: yeah when cuddy was uh performing he started telling us about how he was trying to learn the guitar and he actually played the song Marijuana. And he's like, I'm playing the guitar on this one. And he played it. And he's like, I want to keep playing the guitar and played Marijuana again. Um, Love it. So he was really obsessed with the guitar. But that was at the very beginning of it. And you could still see him getting used to it and, like, picking notes. Not every note was, you know, right or good. And yet here he is all these years later, like, a genuine guitar player. Yeah.
0: It's like, Love go it. Cuddy. Absolutely. Uh,
1: but landslide, what makes that scene, I could see people saying it's a little on the nose. Like I complain in Interstellar when we get the <laughs> Dylan Thomas poem, uh, do not go gentle into that good night mm-hmm. and how on the nose it is, especially with the dramatic uh, Michael Caine reading. "Like Do not go gentle in that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. So many people thought that scene was powerful and I thought it was horrible yeah um so i could see people thinking landslide was a little on the nose because you have the the age thing going on right the dichotomy between the young and the old and you have this song that's like even children get older and i'm getting older too that's really highlighting that as a theme but it's it's fucking cool yeah love it Mm. especially asking that question what is love in a movie that is about sexuality and is getting into sex as just something that people do versus sex for passion yeah right and sex is a need there's a whole lot of cool stuff around that as well
0: yeah it's just it, again i mean we've we've said it several times but like when i talk about pearl like there's sort of just one thing to talk about. Like it's doing the one thing really well, but it's just kind of the one thing where like X, I could sit here all day talking about everything X is doing.
1: I know. There's so many
0: cool things. <laughs> and every performance is fantastic too. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully Maxine is is that good. Oh, I'm pretty excited. I, I just I, that's one thing I really love about X's, and I already mentioned it, but like giving the style of filmmaking, the credit it's due, like pornographic films, exploitation films, these, these movies that are just seen as like low budget, uh, less, lesser than kind of productions when really it's not about the production value necessarily, but more like what the movies are going for and like what they're trying so hard to say. Like there's a, there's a quality to those kinds of movies that is so endearing and watchable for me and refreshing compared to like, you know, just when every movie feels like it's following the same kind of narrative beats and structure and all that. Like, I love that he's giving those movies their due.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm excited to see what he does with the next one. Maxine
0: with three X's.
1: It also makes me really curious. I never watched uh, In the Valley of Violence. That's the only Ty West movie I haven't seen. I'm curious with how like major of a step up it felt like X was from, I mean, i had only seen The Sacrament, but it felt like a huge step up. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I wonder if In the Valley of Violence is kind of a an interesting middle ground for that to where you can see
0: him experimenting with some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be interested too. I, I don't know why I've never seen it. I have a friend who owns it too, and he was like, do you want to watch this? And I was like... Eh. I don't know. I, I did have just a little bit of a personal fallout with, I think with Ty West after the sacrament. Like it didn't live up to like, to me, his movies are transcendent and like the sacrament wasn't. So I was like scared to step back in, but I, I do want to watch it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, ranking.
0: Let's rank it. Ah, uh, I forgot about that part. Oh yeah. Um. So I have it. Oh, well, I guess we've got two movies here. X belongs in the superb section for me. That's the third highest I go. Um, I have it ranked at number 121 out of 545 movies. And I, well, I got to go over the the movie sandwich really quick. So at the top, we have All Hallows Eve, which is the precursor to Terrifier 2 and Terrifier. <laughs> oh, wow. It's her introduction to Art The Clown. Um, then Mandibles, which is a Quentin Pooh movie. He's uh he's a French director who makes very like ridiculous comedies. If if you don't if anyone doesn't know his movies, you should definitely check them out. He made Rubber, which I think is his most well known oh, movie. yeah, Which is about a killer uh tire. tire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're very ridiculous. Um, Mandibles is about these it's basically um it's dude where's my car kind of like it's these two like stoner idiots and they come across a giant fly and they don't know what to do with this fly so their idea is that they're going to train the fly to rob banks awesome and that's really all you need to know about that movie <laughs> um, then x then resident evil afterlife i just have to say Quick side note here: I have awesome taste in movies, and then (laughs) the Return of the Living Dead, which is a fantastic zombie movie that does not get enough love. I love the fact that this is
1: your third highest tier, (laughs) and it's filled with these like insane,
0: oh man, uh, genre movies. Yeah, that was weird. I didn't even. I usually I try to like piece together the movie into like a a nice, interesting movie sandwich. I didn't even think about that one. That one was wild okay and then pearl i have it in the section below The very good section i really enjoy it but just not at that level so at the top i got hanover square which is an old film noir about a dude who struggled with alcohol addiction which is what a lot of film noirs are about um terror at 10 killer which is a pretty pretty nasty old horror movie from the 80s that's a good one then pearl (laughs) uh what about bob (laughs) what about Bob's great and then the big (laughs) sleep another film noir it's like you
1: forgot about what about Bob and then as you said the name the movie flashed
0: into your mind and it was just a genuine like oh yeah that movie man I just I, I used to not like that movie um but my my wife grew up loving it and like when we watch it she knows every line and like her dad says all the lines in the movie all the time so I've just like grown to love it because of that
1: nice Nice. Um, I
0: forgot. I have it at I, 247, by the way. I don't think I said that. No, I don't think you did. Which is close. Right in the middle. Yeah, to the halfway point, right? Yeah, pretty close to the halfway.
1: Um, I'm up to 192 movies. Is that right? 193 movies. I have to put Jurassic Park on here. Oh, I wonder where that
0: one will go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> goes into the my favorites (laughs) um and then i have to add magnolia too oh that'll be interesting to think about where that's going um number four on mine whoo so i have x in the wow category which is my second highest and i just have each tier in alphabetical order um Mm -hmm. so you know it's, it's at the bottom it's at the bottom of the tier but some of the others in this tier are spider-man into the spider-verse zone of interest <laughs> uh barbarian and avatar way of water nice and then i have pearl which might be surprising but i have pearl in the neutral category which is essentially yeah. like a five out of ten yeah so some of the ones around pearl are uh infinity pool Another Mia Goth film. Oh, yeah. Like uh, Koi, Koya Niskatsi. Have you ever seen Koya Niskazi? I haven't. It's always been on my list. I thought I was going to love it, and I was so bored the entire time. But it does have a cool song where they're just like, Koya Niskasi. Um <laughs> But, I love when silence just say the name of the movie. Yeah, over and over. the 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 name has a a meaning. I'm forgetting what it is right now, which is actually kind of interesting and frames what you're seeing and makes it even more interesting. But it's like the stuff being shown never really. It didn't pop for me anyway. Yeah, sure. Um, scream uh, the six, like the remake, Scream oh, Five, yeah, whatever yeah. it was. Um, I was about to scream is, at you. Yeah. I do have Terrifier two in here. That's okay. It's not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah, um, and Sonic the Hedgehog too. You know,
0: <laughs> I, I mean, you you were complimenting my movie sandwich. That's one hell of a movie sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I have I have
1: Terrifier two and Chippendales and Rescue Rangers in the same. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you've even seen
0: these movies is maybe the most interesting part. What uh, you ever watched Dale Rescue Rangers? I only want to watch it to support um, David Cross. Oh, really? Isn't he in the? Isn't he in all the the Alvin? Oh wait. Oh, I'm thinking of Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah. He's in those movies, and I know there's some quote of like, eh, paid for my the pool at my house," and he's just like open, like I don't give a shit. I'll sell out and <laughs> make a bunch of money from these stupid movies. <laughs> I f- I support him. Uh, Chip and Dale's. Uh, yeah. It's John Mulaney That's and.
1: Right. Uh oh, why can't I remember his name? Not Nick Kroll. Brooklyn
0: Brooklyn 9 Oh, um um why am I blanking on his name? I I love him and I love you man. Um he's an I love you man? It, if it, you mean the the main character of Reno 911? Brooklyn 99. Oh, Brooklyn 99, my bad. Well, I do want to give a shout out to that guy cuz he's awesome. Even though I can't remember his name. Um Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was thinking of Thomas Lennon. Okay, yeah,
1: it's uh John Mulaney and Andy Samberg, which yeah. uh I think you would I think you'd enjoy Chippendale's
0: mm-hmm. Rescue Rangers. I don't
1: think I would enjoy that movie. It's crazy to me. I you enjoy
0: so many other movies. <laughs> I I just have a huge until I'm forced to watch those kinds of animated movies with my kids, like I'm definitely the least interested in those kinds of movies. Did you ever watch Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers as a kid? Uh no. I um, mean, I have see. memories of that show. Like, I know what it looks like, but I definitely, I wasn't a fan of it as a kid. See, that that explains it. That explains it. You have no nostalgia. But I don't want to go watch a Pokemon movie either. Um, I watched the Pokemon movie. I did not like it. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just, cartoons. I just, like, I'm not interested. Crazy. Wild. Like, even Pixar stuff, I'm like, I just can't bring myself to care.
1: Would you watch Sonic the Hedgehog? No. Interesting, because I feel like that's another one that you'd probably... Maybe you wouldn't.
0: Huh? I mean, that's probably a little better because Jim Carrey's in it and everything, but still, that energy, that whole aesthetic, I just... I don't know. It doesn't speak to me. Not up your alley. That's how I felt about Ready Player One.
1: <laughs> Spielberg. That's I It's crazy I mean, to Spielberg. Me, a Spielberg movie. I know. I mean, but also... <laughs> well, I haven't seen it, so I... I... I don't know what that statement even means. It's just very Spielbergian. Oh, okay. Um, But I don't think it has like a complicated (laughs) parent-child (laughs) storyline. So maybe not. All right, Chris, Uh, what movie are we watching next? Oh, I get to pick. You sure do. Uh, I realized that it would have been last week. This episode would have been a good time for... uh, a previous movie that we almost picked. I keep wanting to go back to it. I've just been wanting to watch it. It's not one that's on our website yet. Um, Could be soon. It's, Uh, I apologize for the length of this movie, <laughs> but uh, we're going to finally do um, any given Sunday.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. Lauren, Lauren, we were going to, watch this movie for another episode we even said we were going to do it but then we didn't yeah lauren's been excited to watch it so i'm happy to watch it again sunday
1: yeah it would have been good for super bowl week <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you know we'll do it two weeks after the super bowl Ah, <laughs> uh, perfect timing yeah, yeah we should so, have done a I, valentine's day ep- i you know i guess there's a love story in pearl and x
1: yeah that's kind of like valentine's right sure well, I saw a, a post earlier on Letterboxd that was saying the most popular movies for Valentine's Day. And it was just like, was it my is my bloody Valentine a movie? Yeah. Uh, that was the number times. one, the number one one.
0: <laughs> and just a bunch of horror movies. It was just all horror movies. I will say my wife like, and I are going to watch the movie Valentine's Day tonight, which I argue is a good movie.
1: Okay, this is this is it. Most obsessively rewatched films on Valentine's Day according to Letterboxd. You ready? Yeah. My Bloody Valentine. Valentine. <laughs> Valentine's Day. Uh. Uh-huh. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind.
0: Yeah, I get that.
1: My Bloody Valentine.
0: <laughs> Gone Girl. Wait, is the remake number 1 or number 2? Uh,
1: the original is number 1. The okay, remake okay. is number 5. And then you said Gone Girl? Yeah, Gone Girl. Okay. <laughs> Uh, when Harry met Sally Mm -hmm. Casablanca 500 days of summer and Sonic the
0: Hedgehog people can do better than this there there are better (laughs) movies to watch on Valentine's Day I'm pretty sure this image that's used for the background of the photos
1: is that from Mad God or is that from (laughs) my bloody Valentine What what if number one was Mad God (laughs) <laughs> that would be amazing I'd love for more people to see Mad God I just sent you the image tell me that has that can't be Mad God that has to be something else Uh, let me pull
0: it up Hold oh on. yeah it's
1: definitely My Bloody Valentine
0: I assume it's not Mad God yeah no no that's My Bloody Valentine although that okay. looks like the, the remake okay but it also looks like the guy from Mad God right the little uh, explorer dude it does look like them. I'm going to make some quick Valentine's... I know no one's made it this far, but some quick Valentine's Day recommendations. I know Chris will back this one up. Tropical Malady. <laughs> 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 um, Chunking Express. Wuthering Heights. Ticket to Paradise. Don't sleep on Ticket to Paradise. That was my favorite movie. Well, it was my favorite movie of 2022 until I saw Fire 2. Um... I don't know. Those are all good. Out of sight, George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez. There's a lot of good options out there that are all better than everything you just heard. Groundhog Day. It's not, a, Day.
1: Val- it's not a Valentine's Day movie, but it's February. That's a great one. There's yeah. a romance
0: in it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Right at the end, the controversial end of the show. Everybody's talking about it, writing about it. Variety did a big expose on the end of our show <laughs> the other day. Are you ready for this? Yeah. So I don't even have to tease it. We all know what's coming here. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. Lights? Camera? See ya. See ya. See ya. Bye. Sign up. Say-